Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline to predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover six Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, April 29th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com new for some explanations and community rules. So if you're interested in projections of picks for every game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. It also gets you access to our Discord chat, gets you access to the show right away instead of waiting until YouTube gets it up. Also, we get ad-free shows if uh, that's something you're interested in. So a lot of good benefits over there under a dollar a day. Check it out. A link again in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T, as that'd be a foolish and impossible goal. We'll take a long-term view around here and don't get distracted when the best bullpen in baseball, according to my projection, in Atlanta gives up five runs in the ninth inning and then blows a sure thing winner. It's going to balance out in the long run, but it's hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say will be profitable every single day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. I'm recording the show on Friday afternoon. Don't know how Friday's games have gone yet, but my goodness, yesterday I talked about this exact thing, how baseball is not a sport to live and die by one game because baseball's really high variance. It's got weird things that will happen. Bullpens will frustrate every one of us numbers of times, many times throughout the course of the season. And of course, right when I get done recording, the Braves bullpen, inexplicably inexplicably implodes against one of the weaker offenses in baseball. Maybe not the weakest, but Marlins offense isn't good. Um, but I talked about the way to handle baseball is just say, look, weird stuff's going to happen. Let's not stress out about it. And guess what happens? We sweep the night games, five of them, six of them, whatever it was, when every single one of them. So, I mean, you just, it, 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 it was prophetic in a weird way that uh, I, I wish I could be that good prophesy like that, but it just is a good reminder as frustrating as that Atlanta loss was. And we came back with a bunch more winners right behind it, had a massively profitable day again yesterday. Uh, those B grade plays uh, back up into the positive, like I've been saying they would all along. As I mentioned before, all the plays over on Dub Club have been doing fantastic. The picks I put over there, I'm not doing anything different with what's over there versus what's over here. With one exception, the A-plus play of the day, always exclusive to Dub Club, other than I think one time I mentioned it on show. But the best play that I like the most every single day goes to Dub Club. Otherwise, it's kind of random split between what I talk about here on show. I don't want the go to show to go on for an hour. Um and so, you know, YouTube algorithms, it doesn't like that as much. And I'm just trying to keep it where I can, I can be seen. However, you saw this. I'm happy you got here, but you got here partially because YouTube's algorithm. So we kind of love it and hate it. And I want to make sure that it, it shows me to people because if you're here and you like it, then other people want to be here too and like it too. So um, I'm trying to keep it at 20, 30 minute range. And it's just kind of random. The picks here haven't done as well, but the picks over on Dub Club have. I Going forward, they should both do well. Uh, but the same bad variance that's hit the show plays was the same bad variance that I talked about that hit the B grade plays early on in the season. And now we've had the good variance to balance it back out. The B plays are back in the positive where they should be. So, I, you know, again, I, I expect good things going forward. It's all about that long run. It's starting to shape up and look pretty good overall in the long run here. And it's only been one month worked for us all last year. 
overall here, A grade plays doing really well. B grade plays starting to look good. C grade plays right about break even. So, I mean, everything's going like it should. Stick with us and you'll have good results. Got a lot of fun ones to talk about today. A couple things I'm really excited to talk about for Saturday's slide. But before I get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Agri Money Line plays return me four units. That is the risk plus win equals four. That's how you'll see it displayed on the Google Sheet that has all the results by day, by week, by grade, all the sorts of sort of it's got rankings in there. It's a I got a bunch of fun stuff for you. In that Google Sheet, that's in the show description. You can see how the scaling has played out by clicking on past dates. Uh, but A grade plays return four units, B grade return three, C return two. That way, I always have the risk plus the win equal that. That way, we always get more down on the A's and the B's and the C's. We always put more on the favorites and the dogs, and it's a better style, in my opinion, than flat betting uh, because uh, flat betting, I think, kind of really, really can go awry. If you're betting minus 250 or plus 250, and I want those on the table. I want us to be able to bet a plus 250, but I don't want to bet a full unit on plus 250. I want to put like a half unit, right? And 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 the the, the I want to be able to play minus 300. Played a minus 300 yesterday with the Angels. It worked out great, but I didn't necessarily want to put three units on. I want to put like two maybe, right? So this kind of scaling system helps us keep things within reason, allows us to play things that if you're just flat betting, probably you're scared off by, but this can save you here. So I like that scaling system. Check it out further. But with that, with the picks, with everything as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Afternoon game here, just kind of like breaking news right before I recorded this. So by the time you see this, you may know more about what's happening than I do. I don't know what's happening, but this game just got postponed for Friday talking about the Saturday afternoon game. I don't know if they're going to do a doubleheader. I assume they're going to do a doubleheader Saturday. So uh, this happens literally like as I'm like got my notes and everything ready to go. So I still want to talk about this for a reason. Number one, assuming the pitching matchups are the same. I like the Pirates Friday. I like the Pirates Saturday. I don't like this Nats team. Y'all know that they're been, they've been good for us fading them. The Pirates have been so good to back. I had a B grade on Friday and I have a B grade on Saturday. Assuming the pitching matchups don't get crisscross over on dub club though. We will talk about that. Once we get more information, I'll rerun the model and all those people will get all the updates, all the plays, but I've been kind of slow and steady, been kind of B grade playing the pirates and B grade fading the Nats for most of the season. It seems like other than a couple of random exceptions, Pirates have been good to us back and the Nats have been good fading. So, I mean, it's kind of the way it goes. And we are going to want to be price sensitive. That's where the model comes into play. Uh, but this Pirates team, I still don't think is quite getting the respect it deserves. And here's the interesting thing. If I take the entirety of my teams and I give them an overall rating, and I don't publish this anywhere because it doesn't really mean anything because that would include all the starting pitchers and you never have a game where that matters. It kind of matters maybe before like playoff strings and I'll, I'll publish it for playoffs. But otherwise... Who really cares about how all the the starters matter and play into it, right? You, you kind of don't care about one game. So I don't publish it, but my overall ratings of the Pirates, including all five starting pitchers, still has them in the 20s. I still don't think they're that great of a team going forward, but we're still finding value on them, which means that the sports books think even less of them. How good are they actually going to be and finish? I don't know. Obviously, the O'Neill Cruz injury matters a lot. Without that, I think they could be up in the teens at this point. And the rankings improving. Uh, I really like what I've seen from them. I've loved backing them. They're a fun team uh, to root for. Absolutely. The concern we have is that the mounds of data we have on some of these guys. Some of the guys are young. We don't have a ton of data on some of them, but we have a lot of data on a lot of these guys. You know, having Rich Hill in your rotation is a little bit concerning, right? Given his age. Um, 
you know, all that from previous seasons that matters probably more at this point, sorry to say, than one month of data. So there's a reason the sports books are still kind of treating them like they aren't that good. And there's a reason my model is as well. We're still backing them because I'm a little bit more optimistic than the sports book are. And that's kind of how I'm viewing the pirates right now. I'm a little bit more optimistic on them. The sports books are, and, and conversely with the Nats, I'm a little bit more pessimistic than the sports book are with, with the Nats. So it's just kind of the general view of it. Again, assuming the pitching change, pitching matchups don't change here, I'm probably on the Pirates on what I assume will be both games of a doubleheader. Again, a little bit TBD. But if this one holds, the reason I want to talk about this one, Vince Velasquez and Patrick Corbin, the model has these guys rated evenly. And y'all, y'all have heard me talk about Velasquez before. I'm not a huge believer in him. I do think he's below average. His ERA of 376 so far is a little bit luck. He shouldn't be that low. But he's at least showing, he showed it a little bit last year. He can still be at least decent at times. He can be, he, he can be serviceable, maybe is the right word. And I'm just not sure I believe that about Patrick Corbin. I don't mind backing Patrick Corbin if you're giving me massive plus odds because the team does win a few of his starts. And so if you're getting like plus 200 with him, maybe. Maybe depending on who they're playing, right? But I mean, right now I'm seeing Nats like plus one ten, and I'm like, I need a lot more than plus one ten to back Patrick Corbin at this point. Five eighty eight ERA. The underlying metrics say that's about where it should be. I have no faith in him whatsoever. So whichever game Corbin gets, I'm very happy to fade him and go a little bit maybe heavier on the Pirates again. Don't know if that'll be game one or game two. I am assuming it's a doubleheader. Velasquez is okay, uh, not great but a whole lot better than Patrick Corbin. Otherwise, in both these games, the Pirates' offense, again, while it's hurt without O'Neill Cruz, is still better than the Nats. Their bullpen is league average, and this Nats' bullpen, I think, is one of the worst in the league. It's better than Oakland's, but that's not really saying anything. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on here. Thankfully, it looks like maybe no rain, hopefully, crossing our fingers for this one. There is some rain up in the Northeast really all weekend, but it looks like we should be able to get one game in tomorrow, if not both. So just crossing our fingers on holding off the rain. That's going to be relatively warmer. You know, we're talking mid-60s, close to 70s for this one in the afternoon. Slight breeze blowing out. Total I'm seeing is nine. Model projects nine exactly. So not a total to mess with, but however it plays out, I'm kind of happy to back the Pirates in general. Obviously still price sensitive, so check the model for those prices. Uh, and I'm really happy to fade Patrick Corbin, especially since I don't have to lay that big of a price uh, against him. And, and on top of that, it's not like he's got a b- good bullpen or good offense behind him. So it's just bad, bad, bad. Anytime Corbin is in the game. 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern Braves with the Mets. Another game that might have rain implications as there's some chance of rain here um, on Friday night. We're hoping at this point that we get that win in. They just play through a drizzle. It might be a nasty night. More rain on Saturday. I think had we been in the old system where you were getting three home series in your division rivals, I think they would have postponed Friday's game. You, but you, you, and or Saturday's game, the issue is they're only getting two in New York here. And on top of that, you're going to have rain all weekend. So how's, how do you even do a doubleheader? I think the Braves don't come back to, to City Field until something like September or something crazy like that. So rain definitely going to be an issue here for Friday night, going to be an issue for Saturday. Looking at upper 70%, you're on 70% chance of rain here to start off. That's going to dwindle as the day goes on, so maybe they can get this one in. Uh, it's going to be a little bit nasty out there. going to be a chilly one, and that equals unders, uh, especially in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. 
model says 6.6. The total is missing 7.58. I think 8 is a gift. I'm not a huge Tyler McGill fan this year. He does have a 3.96 ERA, but the advanced metrics have it two full runs higher than that. So I think the Braves offense should be able to score. But Spencer Strider, I mean, that last start was incredible. He's incredible. There's really just nothing else to say about the guy. The advanced metrics actually line up pretty well with his 180 ERA, which obviously won't likely hold for the whole season but i mean he is incredibly good battling it out for the second best pitcher in major league baseball according to my model i'm more than happy to back him at a price like minus 148 gets an a grade from me again the braves bullpen kind of letting us down as of late but i think they're still massively better than the mets bullpen offensively these two teams are pretty even for the most part. I give a slight edge to the Braves, especially now that they have Harris back. If he can be that spark plug, that guy who can get on base, especially with the new rules, steal some extra bases, that sort of thing gives the Braves an edge there. Uh, and just a massive edge here with Spencer Strider on the mound. I don't quite realize why he isn't being priced like, you know, the Garrett Coles of the world, the Shohei Otanis of the world, the Corbin Burns of the world, the Sandy Alcantara of the world. Those guys we very rarely ever get to back. It's every so often and i love it when we can but it's just not that often because they're usually priced so extreme and i don't know why spencer strider isn't in that category at this point the kid is incredible love backing the braves here minus 148 is an a grade sideline says it should be minus 178 that they win this 64 percent of the time so obviously some weather concerns about the friday night game and the saturday game here but Assuming that we get it in and nothing's changing here, backing Strider at a price like this is just way too good to pass up. 6.05 p.m. Eastern, Giants and the Padres playing this one in Mexico. And my goodness, there is one thing that I'm certain about in this game, and that is that there are going to be a floppity billion home runs in it. The total on this game sits right now at 15. Sideline projects 16. Point two, And so you are talking about a massive situation for a lot of runs. Why does the model project a total so high? We are playing this game at an altitude about 2,000 feet higher than Coors Field. But Coors Field, as you might know, has relatively large dimensions. Coors Field is not the most home run friendly ballpark in the country because they built it to have bigger dimensions. And so where Coors excels is it does have more home runs because of the altitude, but it also ends up with a lot of doubles and triples because that massive effort and more singles, even because that massive effort, you just can't cover that ground. The dimensions of the park they're going to be playing at are going to mirror that of great American ballpark in Cincinnati, which is the most home run friendly park in baseball. You are putting Two things together that are going to create an absolute firestorm for runs. And let me tell you, folks, the reason, one of the many reasons to be on our dub club is on our Discord chat this afternoon on Friday. That number got hung at eight and a half on DraftKings. It didn't last very long before it got taken down. So unfortunately, I'm not sure how many people actually got in on that. If that was you, congratulations. You're one of the lucky few. But we were talking about it in that chat. Everybody was on the lookout flagging for when things happen. And when that number started popping up, there are a number of people in that Discord that I know got in at 10 and a half, 11, 12, 12 and a half, even 13. And right now, the best I'm seeing is about 15. So the Discord can pay for itself if you join again under a dollar a day on dub club because that right there getting massive plus expected value now i don't know what's going to happen i don't know exactly how many runs are going to be scored but 
with small dimensions and that altitude, routine fly balls. We always joke about hitter-friendly environments. Routine fly balls are going to turn into home runs. This one, routine fly balls really are going to turn into home runs. So I just expect the ball to be leaving the yard like crazy. So if you were with us there, if you got in on those overs and the lower the lower tens, right? Congratulations to you. Massive plus expected value play. I'm still going over 15 personally. I still think 15 is a little bit too low, but I'm not sure how much higher to go. There are a lot of variables, a lot of question marks with this one. Since this is a park that we don't know anything about, we're just playing it off the dimensions. Don't really know a lot of things about the air quality and how that affects a baseball because we don't see a lot of games. We don't get a lot of data around that down there. So we're still a little bit, you know, up in the air on a few things. And obviously with major league baseball, you never really know which ball they're going to use. That's just kind of been the way it's been the last several years, but the altitude in the park dimensions scream over. So I'd still go over 15, just had a much lower number than all those great numbers that we were talking about there on the discord. And I know a lot of people grabbed with regards to the side, because of that uncertainty, I really like the giants here at plus 150. Obviously Joe Musgrove is the much better pitcher in this game compared with Sean Mania, but I still think there's a a really good um, you know opportunity here for if the ball's leaving the yard like crazy and who the heck knows what's happening runs galore. Give me plus 150. I think it's a really good value play. It's kind of like when we talk about some of the March Madness games where you got a, you know teams playing at different paces and the three ball, and you just kind of, when you look at it, you go, I don't really know what's going to happen. This game might get wild. Give me plus 150 any day of the week. It's B grade, according to the model, which says it should be Padres minus 142. Again, Shamanai is going to give up some home runs, but I think everybody's going to allow home runs. And offensively, this Padres offense is better than the Giants offense. But again, I don't know which one's better at hitting routine fly balls. And that's all we're going to need here. So, you know, yeah, Soto can hit the ball nine miles and so can Tatis and so can some of these other guys for the Padres. But I'm telling you, you're not going to have to hit it nine miles to get out of this park. So I, I kind of think the, the edge the Padres have is some of that raw power they have. I'm not sure it's going to matter here unless it's raw power pop fly. And, and, and yes, Soto's pop flies are more likely to go out because he can have pop fly further. But in reality, this is going to be a wonky game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Highly encourage you to watch it because I just expect a ton of runs. Plus 150 is a pretty good investment, in my opinion here. Um, again, a B grade according to sideline. Going backwards this time here, I missed this one. Uh, 5 10 p.m. Eastern Phillies at the Astros. Of course, a rematch of last year's World Series. Should be a pretty good pitching matchup in Zach Wheeler and Christian Javier. Obviously, I'll know Javier's my boy. I love that guy to death. Uh, he is, is somewhere behind Wheeler. The question is how much? And I think this was an interesting case study here because the model loves Wheeler. Obviously, as a 473 ERA has not looked good, but the advanced metrics for him say his ERA should be in the upper twos. So he's just had some bad luck. I expect his numbers to come back down. The model still really loves Wheeler. The model's not quite as high on Javier, but depending on which projection system you look at, I know I, I kind of peek around at other s systems out there every once in a while, and some of them like Javier a little bit more than my model does. I'm not quite sure why my model is a little bit more down on him, but if you make an argument that Javier is at least in the same ballpark as Wheeler, and I don't think that's a crazy argument to make. I think Wheeler's the better pitcher, but I'm not sure by how much. Then you can really make the case that there's even more value on the Astros here than this 
grade implies. With my model saying that there's over a full standard deviation between the two, which again, I think probably is a little bit of a stretch. Sideline says Asher is minus 119. So minus 120 is a C plus, 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 plus grade. Literally one point better gets it to a B grade. But again, I think the difference between these two starting pitchers is a little bit closer than that, which actually would make Astros minus 120 a B grade. So I think it's probably a good play. If you're only playing the A and the B grades, which isn't a, a bad way to do it and kind of just leaving the C grades, and this is definitely one of those C grades that I would be thinking about playing as a B grade, especially for getting around minus 120. Because like I said, I think the model's just missing a little bit on Javier. I think he's a little bit better than sideline thinks. Uh, offensive, of course, the Astros have the much better offense. Relievers, the Phillies relievers have been looking pretty good this year, but I still take the Astros relievers any day. And of course, the game in Houston, this number should be a little bit higher than this. So minus 120, I get a pretty good play, in my opinion, on the Astros. Questionable if the roof will be open on this one. I probably closed if i had to guess we're talking about low 60s and if you know anything about texans we get a little cold in the low 60s and so i don't really see why they would open the roof with chillier temperatures but on the other hand i do know that for a while the team has been very much especially early in the season kind of on the hey can we open the roof bandwagon if we can let's do it they can on this one open the roof that Probably affects the projected total a little bit on this one. We are going to have some some stronger winds there in the 10 to 15 mile an hour range. You never quite know exactly what it's going to do in that park with the way it's constructed. So you never know if it's going to help or hurt. But if it's chillier because that open roof, that's going to drive the total down. If the roof's open under, maybe not a bad look just because the colder temperatures. If it, the roof is closed, it'll actually keep it a little bit warmer there in my opinion and so at that point i probably would more pass in the total i would not want to go over with these two pitchers but uh again with the roof closed the projected total is probably going to jump closer to eight than the projection of 7.5 and that's about the two numbers i'm seeing so a couple different ways to play that just based off of what they do with the roof which again i'm not really sure what they'll do i really think it's kind of 50 50 7 to 5 p.m. Eastern, Yankees at the Rangers. Let's take the Yankees here at plus 115. Little dog action here at a C grade. Aaron Judge is marked out in my model for this one, and that makes the Yankees offense below average and puts them about on par with the Rangers offense. The Yankees relievers, though, are still much better than the Rangers relievers, who definitely did get a little bit of a ding here after that terrible series they had in Cincinnati as the Rangers relievers now uh, grade out about a full standard deviation worse than the Yankees relievers. The, of course, edge that the Rangers have here beyond the home field advantage is the fact that Nathan Evaldi is a pretty good pitcher, whereas Johnny Brito is pretty average, according to the model. Brito, of course, a 6'11 ERA, hasn't gone very deep. Um, underlying metrics, though, have him more in the mid fours. He projects a little bit better than that. I don't think he's great. I don't think they're going to get a lot out of him, but the Yankee bullpen's pretty solid. I think you're just getting a run-of-the-mill start from him. The difference is that Eovaldi's pretty good, and I know he is at 520 ERA, but the advanced metrics say his ERA should be in the mid twos. So I do really like Eovaldi here. I just think we're getting a little bit of value, a little bit of an overreaction on Judge. He's obviously a huge part of this Yankee lineup and matters a lot, but... The, the Rangers bullpen has been so bad. Eovaldi has been averaging about five innings per start, somewhere between five and six. That leaves a lot of bullpen, um, you know, for the Rangers bullpen to cover here. I think there's, I think this game's pretty coin tossy. So plus 115 is a decent investment. I want 
better odds before it gets a better grade. Remember, the grade is tied to the value proposition. And value on this one's just kind of eh. We don't get a ton of chances to back the Yankees. They're usually overpriced with that Yankees tax. So anytime we can, it's not a bad idea to do so. Sideline says it should be Rangers minus 122 that they win 55% of the time. So again, if the Yankees win this 45% of the time, it's a very eh play at plus 115. But again, you know, just knowing the Rangers bullpen being involved, knowing that neither offense is that good, knowing that the Yankees don't have to get a lot out of Brito because they're bullpen, that can kind of change the the way it's managed a little bit and give them actually make it less of a, of a bad thing that he's so far behind Evaldi. So the Yankees can kind of manage through that a little bit. I think they got a little bit of chance to win here. A lot of times you see teams play really well without their star player because they kind of just get this more chip on their shoulder of, you know, we're more than this guy and they, they play a little better. Sometimes they don't. You just never really know uh, how it'll play out. But plus 115, not a bad play here for the Yankees. So C grade pick. Projected total 7.9. I'm seeing eight and eight and a half. And again, given both offenses are below average, definitely would be looking under in this one. They're wrapping us up late when 9, 10 p.m. Eastern. Let's grab the Cardinals again at plus 130. Another dog here, B grade. Who knows if they pulled through for us on Friday? We'll find out later, but going to back them again Saturday at these prices. This is one of those where I'm not really that impressed with the Cardinals, but obviously you can't really be that impressed with the Dodgers. So who the heck knows what's going to happen? Give me the plus odds. Sideline says it should be Dodgers. Minus 119. Both of these offenses are pretty similar with their projections, especially with J.D. Martinez probably not playing Saturday. He matters a lot because of the fact that the Cardinals are throwing a lefty in Jordan Montgomery. He doesn't really matter that much against the righty. He's only so-so against righties, and the Dodgers have a lot of options and a lot of depth, a lot of things they can do. Uh, But against a lefty, J.D. Martinez rakes, and they really need his bat in the lineup. So, uh, that's a big question mark. I don't think he plays. I do roster in fantasy, so he's one I'm keeping a little bit more of an eye on. But based off of the way this last week went with, oh, he can maybe play, oh, he can't play, and then announcing so early that he wasn't going to play Friday, kind of makes me think there's a good chance that he's off Saturday, maybe tries to get in on Sunday. Could be wrong on that. But that would matter, you know, at least about a about a 1% swing there if you're adding him. So uh, that kind of you know, helps you a little bit more like or, or, or not like the Cardinals potentially if he's in or out. But again, at this point, I'm going to guess he's not going to play given the type of it, it, issue that he's having. Uh, mentioned Jordan Montgomery. Dodgers will have a lefty and Clayton Kershaw. Both these guys are pretty good. Kershaw's probably still the better pitcher. He does have a better ERA, but the advanced metrics so far this season favor Montgomery. And I just think he's undervalued. I, I think that, you know, he was a pretty good pitcher with the Yankees going over the Cardinals. He was lights out for the first uh, five-ish starts and then, you know, kind of run of the mill after that. But I still think he's a pretty good pitcher. And I don't think the difference between him and Kershaw is that much relievers. The Cardinals have the edge offensively. It's about a wash. I mean, the Cardinals could absolutely win this game. So plus 130, B grade, decent price. Standard night in LA, low 60s to start, mid 50s to close. Wind blowing out, dying down as the night goes on. The same thing I always talk about in Los Angeles. Projected total is eight. I'm seeing some eights and eight and a half. Under eight and a half, not a bad look given two decent pitchers for a night game. Would not be doing under on a day game. There's a bolt tends to carry a lot better in the day. But uh, if you found one of those eight and a half, it's not a bad under. I just think the Cardinals at plus odds makes a lot of sense because, again, I don't really know what's going to happen. I think it's two very evenly matched teams with the Dodgers having a little bit of an edge uh, starting pitcher, but then the Cardinals going to get back in, in relief. Anything can happen. Plus 130 is too good of a price to pass up, in my opinion. And that's all I've got for you here. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. 
back again on Sunday for those of you on Dub Club. Monday morning for the rest of you to talk about the Monday slate. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>